Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I hope that in the spirit of Christmas, Hanukkah, and any other holiday that you may be celebrating soon, that you'll forgive us for failing to release an episode last week without a previous heads up. Anyway, welcome back. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for not disowning us for episode 27 of I Guess We'll Do It That Way, brought to you this week, last week, and hopefully next week by Mama Bear Studios. Okay, here we go. Forgive me for I have sinned. John, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was turkey-licious. How about you? Oh, it was good. Do you think we owe everyone an apology for not releasing an episode? Or do you think anyone noticed? Everybody passed out from the turkey. They woke mm. up, opened their Stitcher over... What, what do you use for podcasting? I use Overcast. Overcast. I use Stitcher. I'm old why? school. Everybody hates on it. Yep. Oh, Stitcher, Stitcher sucks. Tell me why you feel that way. I don't have any opinions on it, actually. Okay. Yeah, no, I, 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 I tried, I tried, bit. and I didn't love it. I'll, I'll say that much. That doesn't mean it sucks. It just means I didn't love it. Okay, fair enough. I felt the same way. I keep saying Overwatch about yeah, that's Overcast. A game. Overwatch yeah. is a game. Uh, Overwatch, which people also really love. But Overcast is okay. I use Stitcher. I just like it. It's it's just crispy for me. Maybe it's because I've used it the most. You can do whatever but you want, bro. They're going to wake up. They're going to see nothing there. They're pissed, man. Yeah, they're already pissed. I've, I've gotten... Hundreds of angry emails. Mm. Mark Maron talked about it on his podcast. Did you Did hear he? that? He, he was about, like, oh. those idiots. These guys, I mean, come on. You know, if bad, Mark Maron's mad impression. at you because you didn't put out your podcast, I'd say you're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so we we're in good it. shape. We have, mm. we're, you know what I like to say? We're on the map. I can't think of anything less festive sounding though i mean it sounds dope part of it sounds dope but i can't think of anything less festive than these upcoming holidays in california oh you are so mistaken sir am i oh dude you guys are eating like tofu under a palm tree and that's thanksgiving okay fine yeah pretty much no we had it's not cool i'm just saying it's not like traditional no we're gonna have some um some oven roasted parrots. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have some a macaque z- monkey. Yeah, exactly. Monkey brains, bro. We were playing yeah. Boulder Dash over Thanksgiving, and uh, somebody—I don't remember what the word was. You know, Boulder Dash. You make up a definition for a word. Yeah, yeah. Great. That game. No one if knows. you don't have the actual game, you can just do fictionary. Have you that's what. Well, yeah, that's actually what we were playing was fictionary. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yep. With the diction, you just need a dictionary, some strips of paper. Yep. And anyway. your imagination. Oh, uh, I don't remember what the word was, but it was something. And and I decided, you know, you, you only have so much time. I decided that it was mm. um, I don't remember the exact wording, but it was a a, 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 a a Pakistani delicacy made with the brains of a chimpanzee, mm. which was oh, an immediate give. Well, see, but it was an immediate giveaway to anyone who has. Uh, a healthy sense of geography because yeah. everyone else was like, there are no chimpanzees in, in, in Pakistan. So it clearly was yeah. not a real definition. So I lost. Right. Well, we have kudzu everywhere here and there, there's no kudzu originally from here. They import them. They saw their heads off and then they eat the brains. Well, that's what I was thinking, but yeah. people caught on. One time when I was a kid, we played fictionary and 
I had just learned, I was pretty young and I was like a precocious little ding dong, you know, and I had just learned the word abortifacient, which mm. means uh, it's a medicine that will abort a fetus. Oh, <clears throat> sometimes they're natural. Like if you take, you can take some vitamins and it will, uh, it can be an abortifacient, right? Wow. So we had some word and I wrote the definition that this is a naturally occurring abortifacient, something like that, right? Yeah. And somebody in my family, the person who had to read the definitions, you know, to present them, sure, got so upset oh. that they w- refused to read it, and it blew my word. And I was so proud. I this is gonna win. This is a slam dunk. And somebody got upset. They thought it was too risque for the mm. family. Mm. I mean, maybe you know, maybe they were were triggered in some way. Mm, yeah, you never know. I don't know. Um, all my other clues, though, were about Led Zeppelin. All of your clues are always about Led Zeppelin. What did you, uh, what was the best, what, tell me about the best pie. Mm, uh, I'm, I love pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is so good. It's I didn't just... get any pumpkin pie. No? Oh, no, my bride, my I life wish. partner made some pumpkin pie, and it was sick, man. Oh, man, that's great. What did you guys have for real though out in California? Um, we had—I told you—we had roasted macaque monkey. Um, mm. We had some uh, some beetles. Ugh. Some uh, candied beetles was our dessert. Mm. No, we had a regular Thanksgiving. We had a turkey. We yeah. uh, Peter Peter my cousin created a turkey. Um, did he? Did he fry it? He baked it, but it was very tasty. He baked it. We we mm. had a bit of a potluck situation uh, with, uh, in fact, Max Bell's one of the creators of the song that everyone now knows so well, "Man from Nowhere," the closing song of this podcast. Hmm, never heard it. And <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> and uh, no, we had we had all the normal things. We my family was in town. You know, we mm. we we had a real hoot and a half. Uh, probably my highlight. There was a really tart, delicious apple pie, and it was so sweet, but the crust was perfect. And you know how a lot of times apple pies are real soggy, which mm-hmm. I'm fine with, just for the record. Yeah. I would, I but would it is eat. a mistake. It, it technically be is a mistake, yeah. and I I like it. But this was perfect. It was you cut a piece out, and it mm. sat on your plate. Yep, as a piece. That's and tough to do. It, it was really hard, is. and the apples were they had some integrity structurally remaining they were not just mush and they Mm -hmm. were sweet but they were also a little bit sour and the crust was so buttery and flaky i mean it was one of the best apple pies i've ever had who made it i don't know oh but somebody in the fam someone in the fam made it and then um, and then another uh another member made a uh a pumpkin pumpkin cheesecake with like candied walnuts on top with candied Ooh. walnuts on top. Oh man, it was it was good. Oh, oh baby, it was good. It was okay. It was nasty. Yeah, somebody down here. One of our so all my family's from up from Jersey, Pennsylvania, whatever, and my life partner's yeah. family's from out in the Midwest. So, but one of our in laws is a Southern gentleman, and he made some corn pone or something like that. Mm. And I was skeptical, but it was delicious. Mm. It was like a cornbread with hunks of corn and stuff in it, dude. Super southern, uh, but very tasty. You, you, John, we should do a quick episode. We should do a quick episode of cooking with John and Zay. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think we just concluded it. Well, I got one more bit. Cooking oh. with John and Zay. You um, mean this is the time where you want to just sing a little ditty? Cooking That's what you meant. with John and Zay. 
this I, is I learned my lesson about singing on this podcast. John, that was the best. JK, JK. John, that's the most. That's one of the most downloaded episodes we have. Oh boy, people love your singing, and it will happen again. Um, so, what do you got for us? What tips do you have? Well, John, little do people know the best cornbread has sour cream in it. Mm. It it uh it, it's better than whatever else you normally put in in, in cornbread. It makes it cakey but very dense and it in it uh you know your mother-in-law actually taught me that trick really yep it's so good i went to the cornbread festival down here it is a hoot yeah i believe it it's a well, cultural um, experience th- this has been a just a great another excellent episode of cooking with john and zay Riveting. i dropped that like about a full step well because we didn't do an episode in, in on thanksgiving i feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot to catch up on. Yeah, now that we've blown about a half the episode on cooking with John and Zay, we actually do have a, uh, yeah, you're right, we have a shit ton of rollers to catch up on. There's so many things. So we talked a little bit over the phone, but mm-hmm. um, I can we just get, can the people get what they crave so much? Mm. A quick update about can rollers. You, can you say that one more time? Mm-hmm. I like hearing that people crave these updates. Every single email we get, if I could boil it down to a sentence is, can John shut his yap and can we hear some more about this movie? <laughs> so, you know what? The people have spoken. Let's hear it. Oh, John, so what, don't what's, shut your yap. No, no, no. But what has happened um, in the last two weeks, my dude? Well, all right. I'm going to go ahead and put this on the record. Um, I am real excited uh, that's not what I'm putting. No, but the hold me to this. Within the next two episodes, I am hoping to have some some real material <laughs> casting updates, which okay. is very exciting. I can't go into a lot of detail today mm-hmm. because we're still kind of negotiating deals and stuff and and getting specific. But mm-hmm. I hope within the next two weeks to have some actual material cast updates. Right. Which is huge, you know, because as, yeah, as people quick, who though, listened last we, week, go ahead. We still, just for next week, we still, despite, I know we can't say names or whatever, but Bradley Cooper is coming on next week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that, sorry, that's not the that's not the, the secret. Yeah, that's obvious. Okay. And we're going to so do Brad, a side-by-side Bradley. comparison of all of our uh, Stars Born impressions. Mm. Where, where as, as you remember, let's remind people of that segment. Um, Lady Gaga's walking away from the car. Bradley Cooper with his nice long hair, his scruffy beard. Window rolls down. Doom. Doom. Hey. Yeah? <laughs> Just want to get another look at you. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. I want to do Bradley and you do Lady Gaga. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Doom. Hey. Yeah? <laughs> Just want to get, just, just, just want to get another look at you. Okay. <laughs> That's uh not Bradley Cooper. Have you that seen the video Porter of Wagner. Gaga of Lady Gaga going around and saying that exact same anecdote four hundred times? Did you see that? No. Oh my gosh! On the I gotta send circuit. This to you. Yeah, she goes That's around. She has goes, a story, though. and they and she tells a story. And, it's creepy, dude, because it's a it's a story about Bradley Cooper, and it sounds like it's off the cuff. So the first time you hear it, like, oh, that's like the nicest thing, 
And then by the 15th time you hear her do it and you see him react to her doing it, you're like, oh, boy, this is dark. That's funny. All right, I'll listen to it. We'll link to it, obviously. Um, But you have two weeks worth of updates. Next week we're going to hear maybe, maybe, or maybe in two weeks, mm -hmm. actual names. But you've done a lot of casting. I have done a lot of casting. I um, we have a strong candidate in the Rufus category, and this is Sans casting director. You have no casting yeah, director. Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, dude. I am, I am completely in over my head at this point. To be totally honest, I. Oh no! <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. I'm managing. I have a great producer. I have a great team. But yeah, I mean, I'm like full-on directing i just yesterday finished well i'm not really done with it i got through and now i need to do another pass uh of like the updated script Mm -hmm. with lots of changes that not big changes but but important changes sure um yeah i am casting uh which is hard and it's just a lot of research and and without a casting director and I'm, you know, yeah, I'm doing all the things I'm, I'm working with Greta on like creative vision. I'm working with Tara on trying to figure out where to get, you know, the money from different parts of the budget to like where to put it and how to move it around and how to make it all balance and, mm. um, and, and lots of other things. But yeah, dude, casting is great. We've got a great candidate who's very exciting in the, as Rufus. We've got some really great Jane and Maddie options who are kind of two of the other leads. Um, I've got a very exciting uh, guy that I'm talking to about Donnie, who's another major character. Quinn um, is another another character who is is cast um, oh, the officially. Woman. Uh, the <laughs> 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 uh, I also. Uh, there's another guy. There's a there's a, a famous musician that I am currently talking to about playing another smaller role that oh, I can't mention his sick. name. But yeah, that's gonna be. A Can you really sing exciting... a few licks of his? Uh, 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 some some Ooh. of his licks. Can you just give us one real quick? He's a, yeah. He is a he's a very talented guitar player. And no, and we, I, somebody would I know... would not want to betray his trust. Okay, that's good. That's fair enough. But. If because someone, were... if I started singing, I have a lick in my mind sure. that if I started singing it, I think some some reasonable percentage of the audience would immediately recognize it. Mm-hmm. They might yeah. not know this guy's name, sure, but they would know the band and they would but know you the know, song. You know, and you love his licks. Yes, yes, very licky. That's incredible. So He's when do you licky. hear? Have you heard from this person? Well, we've talked, we've spoken on the phone. He loves the idea for the movie, and now he's just got to decide if he wants to do this thing. Was the, is this guy of a level of uh, fame that you were nervous talking to him? A little bit. I'm kind of a fan. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually right. know their albums very, very well. So it was, yeah. uh, it, 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 I got over it pretty quick. Um, because I, I, I got to be director guy. I can't be fanboy guy. You know, that's an interesting yeah. thing about being a director is I, I think, Probably there. Um, well, I hope that there will be times in my career where I'm I'm working with people, um, who yeah, who I'm a fan of, and and right. I think that's even a possibility now. And that is, uh, it's weird because you have to tell them what to do. You know, mm-hmm. you have to project a certain level of confidence, and I can't go to this guy and be like, yeah, whatever you want, well, you know, right. whatever you think, because then he's gonna be like, which is the freaking hack. Yeah, no, exactly. It's but the I be like, you know better than I do. 
Yeah, you're a new artist bringing a new work to a guy who's already very established. Yeah, and successful. far more established. Yeah. Yeah. No, I That's mean, tough. I know it's very tough. Um, but, you know, this guy's band has like six million monthly listeners on Spotify. I mean, he's like wow. in a major band. And so if he does this, um, it's going to be really fun and cool, but also it's got to be good. Right. And that's where I think it gets tricky is I can't just and thankfully this guy that I'm talking to um, takes the, 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 the craft of acting very seriously. And so that's a has good he thing. been Otherwise, in stuff before he's been in a couple smaller things, but, you know, he wants to be doing more. He, he, he wants to start uh, acting more. And so this would ideally be a really cool opportunity for him to to show some of his range. And it sounds like from what you've told me, um, he's not using it doesn't sound like he's using his already established music career to sort of jump ahead in line for no, acting, right? No, he's yeah, no, he's <clears throat> like auditioning for stuff. Um I think right. he again, I think he trusts that he's got to be good enough. He can't just sort of waltz in and and be a diva. So he's trying to do good. small roles to to prove himself. Sounds yep, like, right? Definitely. Um Which sounds perfect for you to be honest, yeah, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be it's going to be sweet. I really hope he does it. And if he doesn't, there are there are other people, but I really hope he does it because I think it'd be cool. So. And so right now he's he's on a bus somewhere with like 10, 10 or 15 other people on that bus. And he's sitting down with headphones on reading your script, possibly. Um, Yeah, there's actually a pretty good chance that he is on tour and he's mm-hmm. probably on a bus and he's yep. probably reading the script. Just that, which fact is kind of cool, is amazing. Mm hmm. And you know, if you think about we've because then we, he's going to go on stage at like a the, big old theater tonight. Yeah. And, and it's people gonna be are going to be like, head. oh, my gosh. Yeah. But that you're what you wrote is going to be in his head. And he's more nervous probably about what I wrote because he hasn't done as much acting. But he's mm-hmm. an old pro with performing. He's just like, yeah, this is what I do. You know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. To think about. It's well, the fact that you could get something in front of, a, you know, a quote unquote famous person anyway is pretty pretty unusual and we talked about that book confederacy of dunces Mm -hmm. the guy had a masterwork and he could Mm -hmm. not get people to read it you know i know know. it's wild it's amazing yeah so you should you should feel uh not lucky but you should feel gratitude i do i feel humbled um Mm -hmm. i feel humbled by honestly i feel humbled by this whole process the 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 big overall update on rollers is people are into it and yeah. that is, uh, well, it's freaking me out a little bit, if I'm honest. Because why? Because people are. I, I keep. This is a refrain that I just keep coming back to, as annoying as it probably is. But um, I, I don't think that fundamentally. I, I think deep down, I don't think that I deserve to make a movie, mm-hmm. and I, I don't deserve to make a good movie. I don't know why I'm still trying to figure out why I feel that way. Why I sort of feel like I am not allowed to be successful or to enjoy this, but I I don't know exactly what the root of that is, but I do know that if I'm honest, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a little nerve wracking. And I would say real quick, I talked to a friend of mine last night who's a coder and he was telling me just sort of about like, I, I don't even know really, 
how I ended up here. And like, there, there are so many people that I work with that are such better coders than I am. And I feel like all I've done is use my personality and my charisma to get positions that I don't really deserve. This is what he mm. told me. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was thinking about it and I know this guy really well. And I, and I said, man, you know, there is certainly somebody there who's a better coder than you, but you have a better personality. You bring something to the mm. table that you're discounting as almost like a trick that you have, mm. but it's not a trick. It's a skill that you have that in some ways is maybe even more valuable than just being able to be an excellent coder. Mm-hmm. You can manage the office politics way better than other people. There are all these things that you can do that you're totally discounting because you feel right. like an imposter. And you right now have gotten immediate feedback. This is good. I'm willing to put money behind this. I'm willing mm-hmm. to put my time and my career behind this. And still you feel like, ah, I don't know if this if I deserve this. Yeah, I... It's not super rational, you know. I think that's the that's the thing that's hard is that it's kind of definitively irrational in the sense yeah. that I'm I do appreciate that antidote because I, I I it applies I, to you obviously that's why I no it does it well and, and but it yeah it applies to me but it's also just good to hear other people go through it which again is part of the root of this podcast which we haven't mentioned uh, this this is not radio I know you know what you're listening to but it's I guess we'll do it that way just so you know. Are we come recording? in. Oh no 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 no! I no, no, no. we should start no. recording. Yeah. Oops. Um. No, I. Yeah, man, it's hard because I I believe that, and I believe that for him, I believe that for right. your friend. Sure. That I uh, when you say that about him, I'm like, yeah, you're right. But then I kind of still don't believe it about myself. Being in film, I deal with people who sort of obsessively talk about themselves and and, and sort of orient. And I don't even mean that in a hypercritical way. I mean it in a sense that the way that they orient themselves, almost like sonar relationally, is by throwing out connections that they have to people or um, or things that they've accomplished. Right? To some extent, yeah. And 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 it and it isn't um, just ego. It's Mm -hmm. it's the way that they self self soothe in a way, like. Um, I belong here because these people trust me and right. Wow. And that is true. And honestly, it's kind of the same thing that you and I are saying, but I think they're the, the two sort of most common, uh, iterations of that are the version that I think you and I probably, it, it's all self doubt. But in my case, and, and it sounds like I, I think knowing you well, your case and, and this other guy, this coder, um, the self-doubt comes out a little bit in the sense of, uh, I'm trying to think, it's not like self-sabotage, but just sort of like, it is that, it's a certain type of imposter syndrome where it's like, I don't belong here and I have a hard time believing in myself. Right. And therefore I'm going to be, I would say even, I tend to be falsely humble you know, like I, I downplay my skill sets and sure. I downplay the things that I have because if I downplay them, then other people can't downplay them for me. Right. Yeah. That's, I well, think, what happens. Like that's I, That's crazy. There's two things that me and that guy talked about because he also has a similar upbringing. I, I, I don't hate but that this always turns around to this. It's important. It's a part of our lives. But 
we he this guy that I'm talking about and you and I grew up in in the Christian world and he and I were talking about the idea that in Christianity there is a lot of talk of humbling yourself and that the mm. idea that God opposes the proud and that you shouldn't try to exalt yourself you should humble yourself all right. of the beatitudes are about the poor in spirit the weak the humble um, and this has been drilled into us for a long time. And I'm not saying it's bad. I don't think it is. It's bad. But it is hard to go out into, say, Hollywood and say, mm-hmm. yo, I'm the shit and I'm going to make an awesome movie when you have been when you've heard forever to be humble and and to put others before you and that the last shall be first. Right. Yeah. I was in there. You know, so I go to therapy. Mm-hmm. There's this very specific. There's this very specific type of therapy that I don't remember the name of it. I think it's called short-term intensive blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It, they specialize in like anxiety and addiction and, um, and you know, I, I, I am anxious. I have anxiety and, um, issues relating to that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, um, and some of that is just chemical and some of it is also sort of as, as everyone knows, exacerbated by just general, um, developments in uh in life you know what i mean sure so my therapist though she was saying something to the effect of like you are if if you believe that there is a god and you believe that this particular god or or some higher power if you believe that you are not the exclusive source of the talent and opportunities that you have had um which I would say that very much I believe that. I do not believe that I have just, through sheer force of will, made myself the way I am because I became that person before I became aware of the person that I was. You know what I mean? Like that's... Basically, you would say in the Christian world, you would say that your gifts, these are, if you are a good director, it's because it's a gift that's been given to you by God. Yeah, it, it, at least the raw talent and the opportunities, and and it is then my job to steward the opportunities, both the internal gifts and the external opportunities that I've been given to steward right. them to invest well. Um, a lot of people know sort of the parable of the talents, which is basically this idea that like this landowner gives a bunch of money to three different servants, and they do three different things with it. One of them, two of them invest it well. One of them buries it in the ground, and the you know the landowner comes back and he's like hey you did a great job investing this stewarding this gift well to the first one boom here's a bunch more use it well he does the same thing with the second one the third guy is like i buried it in the ground because i was scared that you were gonna be mad at me if i lost it and he's like dude you're an idiot like i gave it to you to do something with it Mm. and so i feel that way a little bit that tension where yes what she was pointing out was if you feel like this was given to you to some extent um, again, whether that's by God or sheer chance, um, don't you need to get over the fact that you have it and start using it? You know, like if you have mm-hmm. a gift, it's a little bit of that like goodwill hunting moment where he's like, dude, you have to get out of here for us. This isn't just about you. You know, you have to get out of Boston or whatever. And go to MIT, or I mean, I haven't seen it in years, but you know, you know, in the moment yeah, I'm talking about, he's just like, right. yeah, you owe it to other people to exploit the gifts that you've been given because a lot of people have the same gifts, but have not been given the right opportunities, have not been born into the right situations. You've right. asked the question a lot, how many citizen canes are laying around? 
Now, I don't think there are many Citizen Canes, but how many Orson Welleses are there in the history of the world strewn across the entire planet? A bunch. Probably and many of them probably died before the age of 10. And yeah. so I think uh, there's a yeah. yeah, I hate to interrupt you, but on the way to uh, Asheville, North Carolina, there is a billboard like a handmade billboard on the side of the road. We may have talked about it before, but it says it's sort of a question and answer from humanity to God. And it says uh, humans, God, why haven't you sent us someone to cure cancer? God. I did, but you aborted them. Oh, geez. I know that. that <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> I'm only oh, laughing gosh. sort of because of the presumption. It's so presumptuous to, to speak for God. It's and he, so anyway. manipulative. Um, but there is a truth to the fact that like most people, I would say statistically speaking, most people who are as talented as Mozart did not grow up with a father who's a musician in an era that valued music or even a time where it was possible to play the flipping harpsichord, you know? Yeah, exactly. He could have, so you had it, great it, dexterity, hand dexterity. What were you doing? You were throwing a spear at a boar. Yeah, exactly. And you were probably really good at it, but it wasn't yeah. remembered. So my point is though, I'm getting to the point where I'm realizing that uh, a, a false humility on my part is only going to hurt people. And it's only going to, limit other people in their own pursuits because one of the weird gifts that I've been given mm. or skills that I have or personality traits that that exist within me regardless of where you think they came from is that to uh that that I am a little bit of a risk taker and I'm a little bit of um I'm like a, a team guy you know I I like to be with and surrounded by a team and I seem to be decent at convincing other people to play the game that I want to play. Mm. And I think a lot of people. Um, I have a, a, I have two does sons. That make sense? Oh, it makes sense because I have two sons and my older son. Well, it's sort of flipped in their case. But if you're you have a brother, only one brother, yep. right? Yep. What does what does a brother do to a brother? All you do is tell them the rules of the game that you're going to play my my one son all he does like they're they're going to sit down in monopoly <laughs> they sit I down and play exactly monopoly which one is which <laughs> <laughs> and one of them's like counting out the money giving everybody the appropriate amount and the other one's like you know what we're gonna do is this mm -hmm. and then somehow that's what they end up doing yeah and usually and it's very lopsided totally like and what if I got all the money and you got three properties right, to start right. and, and somehow I this think works? The, well, no, and you're right. And the trick is um, I think what kids eventually learn is that unfair deals like that are boring. You know, like mm. you get to a point where you realize that collaboration is by far the best way to get what you want. You mm. know, and so you turned that that trait. I don't even know if you necessarily had that trait as a child, but you've turned that into like, hey, let's let's together make something great. Well, you know, actually, though, um, well, I was never really that kid. I was kind of the kid who quietly seethed when mm. I didn't get my way. And then I realized I had a voice and I realized that I am a, a, a relatively persuasive person and mm. then i started saying you know what your rules suck bro uh we're gonna do my version 
And it took me, I think, getting through hmm. high school really to figure out that that was the guy that I was more of a leader than a follower because I think I spent a lot of middle school and high school trying to fit into other people's groups and never fitting in. You know, I was always the guy. I don't say this in a pity party way. I mean, sure. I was the guy who could navigate virtually every social situation, but I was always like, or, or click, you know, and, sure. and I went to relatively small schools. So there were never like thousands of people to fit in with. There wasn't like a niche for every type of personality. There was just the cool kids and the not cool kids. That was it. You know, like mm. my middle school, there were like 20 kids in my class. Yeah. And so Same for I, me. yeah. So like, you know how it is. It's not like you find your group. I never had the, group that I really fit in with same in high school my high school was much bigger but still I was the guy who I would be like in drama but then I'd also play lacrosse and then I'd also play golf and then I'd also have like friends that went to the art school down the down the street hmm. and then I'd you know be, be and not because I was like so popular but because part of my skill set was sort of infiltrating these different groups because I was such a weirdo in a way that none of them felt totally like home. Um, does that make sense? Because I was yeah, kind of like, yeah, like I like acting. I like being a goofball, but I like sports too. And I also mm -hmm. like the film club and I also like these other things. And, um, and so then I think when I realized that I had a little bit of agency in my life was when I started, instead of trying to find groups that fit me, I just started making groups. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's really how Fancy Rano came about. I didn't, I didn't have grand ambitions to start this big company. I just didn't want to leave Chattanooga. And I didn't see a company that I wanted to work for. Mm. So I was like, I'll make my own job. And it, it, again, that sounds really like, I'm just a humble guy who makes things happen. Dur, 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 dur. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying the same thing is true with rollers. Like, it's not this... I'm very unaware most of the time of, of, of those subconscious things. This is after years of, of processing all of these things that I've come to these realizations. But I think the same is true of rollers. You know, like I two and a half years ago, two years ago, I was talking to people about, you know, I was like, guys, send me scripts because I want to direct something. But like, I don't even know what I would do, you know, and right. I just didn't like anything I was reading. So I wrote something, you know, and it's like uh, that's that's the way I'm seeing it to some extent but anyway i think the 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 thing about the collaboration thing is like even just the 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 producing that i'm doing i'm not really i'm i'm kicking myself a little bit that i am producing this movie but i'm also happy i'm doing it because i'm enjoying it and i don't are know you that a I control for <clears throat> i hate to use these terms but are you would you consider your, yourself what people call a control freak yes Oh really? But, so is yeah, part but, So is part of this just your nature that like I don't need to find a casting director because even if I had one, I would be kind of doing it anyway? I would like to have Here's the thing. Um I like to delegate to people that I find capable and that share my vision. Mm. Um but I am very picky about who those people are. I think mm -hmm. that's the best way to answer that question. <clears throat> okay, so, that's fair enough. Tara, Greta, Rylan, all these other people, <clears throat> um, I I trust them, and I 
believe that they share the vision that I have and therefore I feel no um I don't feel like I need to control what they're doing but that's why it's so important for me to hire the right people is because I can't physically do all these things and I do have to find people that I trust otherwise the movie will suffer as a result of that yeah, because I do 100%. know that I'm a control freak. I'm not a control freak in the traditional sense, though. Like, I'm not... I do have OCD, um, but I'm not the guy who... Like, I'm looking at my desk right now, and there's shit everywhere. You know I mean? It's yeah. not like... It's, it's, it's not a mess mess, but it's not like I don't put my pencils in a row. And, like, you know, I just have other things that I do. You know, like, I have weird physical tics that I do, and I, I, I cross my fingers in a certain way... And I move my shoulder in a certain, you know, things like that. But I'm not the kind of control freak who's like, I don't wrestle things out of people's hands. Mm-hmm. I just quietly become more and more resentful towards them until I finally get my way. <laughs> and that's what, and that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to work on that because, so for instance, I'll give you a very real example. Yeah. Okay. I had a phone call today with someone who's on the team. I won't say who. Um, okay. Someone who I haven't talked to, uh, talked about on the podcast a whole lot. So you guys yeah, probably wouldn't for, recognize their name anyway. Yeah, but um, it's Ryland. We all know it's Ryland. It's Keep going. <laughs> I'm just Ryland kidding. I only heard that name said just now for the first time, so I picked that at random. No, it's totally fine. So I was having a conversation, and part of what I realized that I think, again, not to toot my own horn, I just think part of my job, literally, as a person who investors have invested money in my job the same way that it's not to be too grand about it but it's lebron james's job to win games Mm. it's not some exceptional thing that he does it is literally his job he's expected to win he is paid big money because he fills seats and he wins games right and if i am lucky enough to have a career it will be my job to make good movies, not to be like this frou-frou artist who just explores, but like I am the CEO of a small company right now. You know, okay. like I am the CEO of Rollers, mm. and it is my job to make a great product that will make money for the investors and be respectable from a critical standpoint. And I'm realizing more and more that this is transitioning away from Zay's got a movie to Zay is running a small startup and building a team and the product is a movie. This and is going to be hard for some that makes people. Sense? It does, but it's going to be hard for some people who are of the other artistic persuasion. Sure. Um, you know, the impulsive, like uh, I'm trying to think of some like ethereal word to use, but you, you get the idea. Like art is a thing that, that occurs to you and then you execute it mm-hmm. and it's from your spirit. And it's not a business, man. It's not, it's not you can't monetize art. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, here's what I would say. I think film is the perfect medium for me because I am a bit of a business person. You know, like I like, I like, I'm pretty good with money. You know, I've I've flipped a couple houses. I, I have started businesses. And I think, um, again, not because I'm, like, so talented, but because that's how I sort of process stuff. I would mm-hmm. not be happy in a room with a manager who's just like, you go make the art, I'll worry about everything else. I like doing right. both. 
Yeah. And so, but my, my answer to that, I've had this conversation plenty of times. My answer to that is, yeah, that's cool. You want to make art and not worry about who buys it. Put it on a canvas. <laughs> yeah. Don't spend a gajillion dollars in a bunch of people's time unless you have a plan for how to monetize it. That's as basic as it gets. Now, again, my job as the CEO of this company. There's a place the, that I got to pause and just say, because I like in, I like kind of experimental film, too. Yeah. And there is a place for it. If you get a grant from the Guggenheim. True, but it needs to be. Yes, knock exactly. Your socks off. Oh, a hundred. That's what I'm saying. It needs to be either your money. It needs to be cheap or it needs to be based on a grant. And it needs to be the expectations need to be there. The expectations for rollers across the board, including my own for the movie, is that it will be both a critically and commercially successful project. That yeah. is my goal. Um, I don't want to make a commercially successful critical failure. But I also don't want to make a critical darling that uh, no one ever sees. You know, that also, is the challenge every, that I've set out with. Every master artist from history has taken portraiture work. And they have Absolutely. painted a subject that they didn't give a rip about, but they did an amazing job for money. I know. And you know what? Some of those are hanging in museums, and they're freaking great. Yeah. Because I think, to me, the kind of artist that I want to be is more craftsmanly. I think film is more of a craftsman's art than people realize. It's not really fine art. It's a lot more like furniture building or mm. home building. It's more like architecture where form and function are inextricably linked. Um, it is it is a product and, and that is a necessity, commercial film as anyway. Mm -hmm. That's a necessity based on the fact that it's expensive to make. Um, anyway, so what I was gonna say though is uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm having this conversation with someone on the team and, and again, I'm realizing more and more every single day, like I said, that I'm the CEO of a company. I'm not this lone wolf director because I decided to produce this movie. Um, I wrote this movie. I'm directing this movie. And I have incredibly capable teammates who are helping me. But at the end of the day, if I stop working today, this movie stops getting made. Right. Um, there is no other me that can get brought on. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that like, I'm the master. I'm saying it like, yeah, uh, the pressure's on and I got to deliver whether I feel like it or not. You know, to use the the musician that um, that that I'm talking to about playing this role. You know, sure. my wife is like, do you think he can really act? Can he pull it off? And my thought was, well, look, if he can show, if he can do, it, you know, because these big bands, they, I mean, goodness gracious. If he can do for 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 nine consecutive years, do um, 180 to 220 something performances a year, and every single one of them is a professional level performance that the people who are there believe that he wants to be there, and believe that they got their 35 bucks worth. Um, he's a performer. Yeah, that is performing. 100%. You think he wanted to be at every single one of those shows? Absolutely not. But do you think anyone could just go through and be like, oh, yeah, he's he's off tonight? Yeah, maybe after you watch them like 80 times. I but, cannot wait to ask this guy myself in just a few short weeks. Oh, that would be so sweet. I hope he comes on. Because he you know might what I'm saying? be so, furious about this. Dude, I wanted to go to every single one of those shows, and I poured 100% of myself into this. I just think that's insane. 
But my point is he can do no exactly. And my my point is that um, same with actors. I don't really like the method acting approach because um, it doesn't feel sustainable. You know, like the guy I'm talking to about uh, Rufus um, is he's a process guy. You know, like he he asks questions. He he approaches his craft in a very craftsmanly way, and Mm. I think craftsmen. Um, I, I, you know, I look at, I, I've actually been a little into furniture lately because I went to the Getty museum and they Ooh. have some furniture there, but like, you know, some of the art that we have from antiquity is functional stuff. It's pots, you know, it's, it's, uh, fun furniture. It's things like that where, um, those are the, you know, it, it's, it's not just like, let me like throw something together and like, it's just my expression. That's fine. But like the stuff that gets me excited is, wait, 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 this desk has like gold and ivory inlay and the, the legs are about as thin as toothpicks and it's, but the, but the drawers open perfectly. It just slides. It perfectly fits. There's no gaps, you know, like, like. I, you know, I've talked a lot about like Mayan civilizations. Like mm. you go to these places and there's these 16 gajillion ton boulders that are perfectly cut squares that perfectly fit with other perfectly cut gajillion ton boulders. And you literally can't fit like the edge of a knife between them. And I'm like, that is art. I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm really going deep on that stuff, but I think it's cause that's more how I see my job. And, and in terms of, this conversation, part of what I was real, I, I'm dragging it out, but part of what I was no. realizing is, um, it is my job, not my preference, not my, um, not my sort of artistic desire, although it is, but it is also simultaneously my job to communicate the vision of this movie effectively to every single person that's working on it, because especially, especially. Because they are not being paid even half, even a quarter of what they're worth. And they are taking, they are investors in this project. And so I owe it to them to show up, you know, like, like we talked about with the Formula One cars, like, Mm. yeah, I'm driving, but so many people are already pouring their blood, sweat and tears into this project that I owe it to them to show up every day. Like I have to go to the gym you know i have to like if i'm lebron i owe it to the guy who sells concessions in the stands at the staples center to i owe it to him to show up at the gym at 6 a.m and get get in shape because if i stop being in shape that guy loses his job because no one comes to games and so i'm realizing that right now yeah exactly Poor guys. And, How um, do I even know that? That's the oh first boy. and only sports joke you'll hear from me, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you know more than you think. Anyway, I think that's we're getting to that point in the movie, man. It's it's um it's becoming uh it's becoming a totally different thing. And to me that's exciting. You know, I, I haven't been in manager mode in a while, but um it's increasingly clear to me to to your point. I, I'm trying to um Again, I'm okay. The reason I just paused right there yeah. is because I'm being a wuss, you know, like I'm afraid that I'm going to sound I'm this is me total stream of consciousness probably oversharing. I'm petrified that right. I will sound entitled or arrogant. um arrogant or whatever because to me for whatever reason, 
I believe deep down that if I cut myself down, if I cut my own legs out from under me and present myself lower, it's like when a dog walks up to another dog and kind of gets on the ground and cowers. It's like, Mm. no, 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 no. You don't have to dominate me. I'm allowing you to know I am showing submission preemptively so that you don't have to hump me. Right. Does that make sense? And I do that and it's, it's hurtful. Hmm. It's not good is what I'm realizing. It's, it's false humility and it makes me a worse director and it confuses people because the truth is whether I want to be or not, I'm the pack leader. And if I'm a little bitch, everyone's going to freak out and they're going to be like, whoa, no one's in charge. What are we doing? Why are we here? What are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we here? Why am I taking time? I should be working with someone who actually knows why they're here. I should be working with like people's minds start racing instantly Yeah, because they're like, and I've and known that about running every single decision oh, you make every single thing. And, and here's the balance though, John, this is what's going to be tough. We're going to talk about this so many more times throughout this process. There is a difference though, between false humility and real humility. Yeah. And I, I, I do have to be humble or I will ruin this movie too. And that's the balance I'm trying to find. Like I'm trying to find the balance between, you know, making offhanded comments to people like, well, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Like I feel like, like sometimes like I'll say like, well, you know, cause I'm down in the dumps cause I feel like shit because the movie's not coming together. I want some, the way I want sometimes. And I'm like, you know, I'll call somebody up and I just want to vent to them. And I'm just like, yeah, we'll see. Like, I don't know. What's it? And they're, and they're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the, like, is this happening? Because you know what happens is then I have another conversation with somebody else where I'm like, I'm on top of the world, baby. But I didn't have that conversation with the first person. Yeah. And they're worried. Dude, you and they're worried. They're still sitting disclosure. there. Worried. I told my, the same friend I talked to yesterday, I was telling him about you and I said, um, my buddy who's making this movie left me a voicemail the other day. I got worried about him because he said he got a Nintendo Switch, and I just pictured him like not answering his phone and sitting around <laughs> playing Nintendo Switch all day. <laughs> then I called you and talked to you. I called you and talked to you, and you're like, "Yeah, movie's going okay. Nintendo Switch is dope." And for the first like seven minutes of our conversation, I was ser- I was honestly I was getting nervous for you. Like, uh oh. Mm. And then you gave me the update which you've started to share here. And I was like, dude, you're absolutely crushing it. You've done 10 times more than I thought you (laughs) would have done. And probably you should have done. And it's kind of, it is a funny mix where you're like, you don't want to appear braggadocious, but you also then honestly, dude, I was worried about you for like 40 minutes. I was like, "Uh Oh, this guy's in trouble. (laughs) I know. And dude, it's funny, man. It's, um, I, again, I don't want to, grandstand or sort of overblow it but it is very similar to the way for instance that the um i mean i'm trying to think like the head of the fed for example like if they hesitate in the wrong way while they're reading reports on like a call Mm. the markets crash yeah the markets are dry (laughs) they will you know i'm saying like they'll move yeah yeah and so like they won't crash but you know what i'm saying like it's it's a well before trump for example, there were certain there was decorum that was expected of a president and the way they give a speech, the place they give a speech, the things that they disclose have major impacts on ec- economics, on international politics, on local politics, all that kind of stuff. And and again, I'm realizing that within the little microcosm of this movie, um, my everything matters to some extent. And that is becoming very real. <laughs> 
and I'm hoping that I can kind of rise to the occasion. You know, I'm hoping that I can show up for people when they need me, you know, and that I can, um, on the, uh, you know, performance number 63, that I am taking good enough care of myself, that my voice doesn't go out, you know, that, yeah. uh, that I'm not drunk, that I'm not, you know, because here's the thing, like bands like U2 or the Eagles or whoever, I don't give a shit if you like them. They crush. Yeah. They've been doing it for like 40 years and, and they people crush. love them. Somebody and loves them. Because they're, per, they're professionals. Yeah. They show up when they don't want to be there. And, and they have a what? message for, they. their message is for somebody. It might not be for me or you yeah. or whatever, yeah. but somebody is resonating hard Absolutely. With that. Absolutely. So I, I'm beginning to to embrace that aspect of my role where yeah. um where Tell frankly, us right now. Let's try it out, dude. And I'm I'm serious yeah. about this. Because <clears throat> I, I, I think the balance is you like f- my approach always is I don't want to be embarrassed. Right. I don't want to tell somebody mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm pretty good at chess. And then we play and I and they kill me and I look. terrible. Yes. You want to humble yourself first. You want to hustle them. You want to say I'm bad. Yeah. And then and then and they're like, their ass. whoa, you're good. Or you're yes. at, at least you said you weren't any good. You're pretty yeah. good, and that's way better for you. But if you say I'm pretty good and you're less than that, you look like an ass. Yep. So I understand that fear. But now in your situation, like if, for me, I, I am a mediocre chess player. I'm okay. I probably can beat like some people who don't play that much, but I'm not good, and I'm not going to ever play competitively, right? But you, if I did start to play competitively and I started to win, I would be justified to say, yo, I am pretty good at chess or I'm this level at chess. Right. And for you, I, I see that you are at that level in a sense where you don't have to convince – you're not some kid with a script. You're a guy who's gotten cash, gotten – you have a script. You've got actors. You got it lined up. So now it's like the false humility of, well, we'll see. That's all done with now. It's just like let's get yeah. this going. Yeah, no, totally. And, and um, people will, dude, 100%, you know, or I have this fear in the back of my head constantly that even with the podcast that somebody is out there thinking like this, John, what an idiot. He sounds like a moron. That fear, that thought is in the back of my head. But at some point, you have to let that stuff go and just move forward, right? Like there right. are going to be detractors, dude. Somebody out there is going to see your movie later and be like, what? This sucks. Totally. And that is and, paralyzing to some people, but you just got to move forward and be confident, right? Well, yeah, and 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 again, I mean, part of what I mean, part of what's scary and part of what's exciting is that I now owe that to everyone. That's not even just a personal choice. Like, Zay, don't don't sell yourself short. Um, that is something that. I owe to other people who right. have bet on me. You know, like I didn't get here alone. Um, a lot of people throughout my life have made sacrifices for me to be yeah. in this position. And if you make um, a mediocre movie, everybody that signed up to work on this who could have been working on something else, yep. lose. They lose. Yeah. Yeah. And if I make a mediocre movie because I tried to make a great movie and we failed, that's okay. Sure. But if I make a mediocre movie because I'm scared, that's Mm -hmm. not okay. Yeah. I owe it to everyone to show up and I owe it to everyone to believe. But like, will you make a good movie? Are you a good director? That's, you tell us. All right. I'm going to do my classic cliffhanger trick. (laughs) Ha! 
because we got to do part two. I this is this is we're already we're already getting into a long episode territory. So um, let's wrap, and then we'll we'll have a part two that we'll release on Friday. How's that sound? Bingo, bango. All right, sweet. Oh yeah, kicking it so raw, so nasty from the basement. It's me, Lil Johnny Bear. Today's episode was edited by, yes sir, you guessed it, the one, the only, Supreme Dingus himself. Me. Uncle Zay, aka Zayzilla, aka Swiss Dizzle, produced this. Cover art comes via Nate Giordano. Opening song is The Get Down by Summer Dregs. Closing song is Dr. Dre, unless Uncle Zay makes me change it. This has been a production of Mamar Bear Studios. It's your boy!